This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I like to think of myself as a beacon of light, like a bundle of joy. I like to think of myself as the person that brings positivity to every situation. So with that in mind, it pains me. It brings me no joy to remind you that there are about a dozen teams out there that need a quarterback and are about to be in a world of hurt this offseason because they ain't getting one. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We are sitting together live, presented by Progressive Insurance, hanging out in Seaport. We got to start. Like, I know we got, we'll get to the quarterbacks in a second. My, the, the, Ooh, we fancy We in got here. the joy, 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 joy down in our heart. If you're watching us uh, in the ESPN app, we got the logo behind us. We're down in Seaport. Seaport, you were out there just, I mean, looking good, feeling good, <laughs> acting right out on Get Up. But uh, look, I asked you on social media who's better looking, me or Greeny. You refused to answer. I don't know how. Yeah, I my feel mom about. told me don't answer that question. I mean, that's probably that's your mom. She was like, mom has never been wrong. That's sage She's advice. Never been wrong. That's sage. Did you have fun though? Like get up. I did. It, it was my first time actually doing get up with Greeny. I've done get up before, but being there to, to be able to do it with Greeny. Uh, it was wonderful, man. He's he's a great dude. Hey, HD sitting there being like, so this is what it's like when you work with a real host. I see. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't stop that right now. Now, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz hanging out with you in Seaport. And Harry came out of his, uh, you know, with this glow on his face. He just finished his get up and I walk up to him as he's about to go get his chicken fajitas. And I'm like, man, hold on. What if I told you there are a bunch of fans out there that should absolutely have no hope this offseason? Hear me out. Ooh. There were about 13 teams Bill Barnwell listed on ESPN.com as great destinations for Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. And I got to thinking about it. There are a bunch of teams out there that think they're going to end up with Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. I can find a very real situation that puts Aaron Rodgers back with the Packers. I can find a real situation that sends Derek Carr to one of these teams. Uh, we can we can speculate on which one. That's going to leave about a dozen teams or so that are sitting around and saying, Jimmy G uh, and then uh oh that means like Jimmy G's gonna go to one of them, which means about eleven teams are gonna look around and say, "What about us? Nothing. They got what about, nothing. What about us? What about us? That's why you got to be careful within the moves that you make beforehand, because you never know the situation that you may end up in. And looking at the shortage in quarterbacks that we have right now in the National Football League. And I'm going to read off a list of free agent quarterbacks that we have right now on the market. Oh, this is going to be no, this, this is, is going to be delightful. This is hilarious. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, Sam Darnold. Who spooky? I'm seeing ghosts. Mm. Literally in a ball game. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, okay. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, oh, don't do that, Louisville alum. <laughs> you popped up the you popped up, up the, the elbow, man. Louisville, Louisville alum. Don't do that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, in which. There's an argument that Jacoby Brissett played better than Deshaun Watson when he came back. The team was in a better state with, with Jacoby Brissett. So he did a decent job. Uh, Geno Smith, he's, he'll be a free agent. You have Andy Dalton. You have Taylor Heineke. Let me go drink me a Heineken, my, by the way. Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. That's, your, that's your boy, right? Okay. Cooper Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jared Stenham. Now that's, that's, that's your boy. That's my boy. Jared yeah. Stenham. Gardner Minshew. When you, when you start throwing <laughs> out that, like – Look, it's hilarious, the man. reason I love covering the draft every year is because the draft is the season of ultimate hope, right? Mm-hmm. The draft is the one time a year everybody thinks they've won. 31 out of 32 teams think they're going to take a gigantic leap forward. I love hope. And maybe because my favorite team, the Raiders, sucks constantly. I live in a season of like, well, we'll get them next year. See, I'm looking a, around that's, now. That's the difference between 
you know, you and me. Mm. See, we don't live by the hope theory. We wish a mother, we wish a would. Yeah, okay, you wish up wood. <laughs> I, I, every year, like, the, the funny thing is that people tell me don't speak certain things into existence. I'm like, y'all, if I had the power to speak anything into existence, if I had the skill to speak something into existence, then the Raiders would have won a Super Bowl sometime <laughs> in my lifetime. Because every year about June, July, I'm like, this is the year. I'm looking around now, and I was driving in with our producer, Evan. We all know Evan's a big Jets fan. And, you know, every time we're, we're having a conversation, it feels like right now Jets fans are saying, well, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. Again, I think there's a very real scenario that doesn't that the Packers don't even want to test the market with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. And so you get to start having the conversation of, well, if not here, then where? And if not him, then who? And that's where it gets really complicated because Derek Carr said last night after the Pro Bowl that wherever he goes, he wants to go to some place that has a history of winning championships that's shown over and over again that they're willing to do whatever it takes to win championships. That's not the Jets, right? Is there, so, is there a new team? Uh, I mean... Think? Is there a team that pops up in your mind or something? I, I mean, I'm that just... fits the criteria? Yeah, I, I walked away mm-hmm. from Derek Carr talking about I want to go somewhere that has a history and a culture of winning championships and doing whatever it takes, thinking he's either going to San Francisco or New England. Right, Those are the two places that pop into my mind immediately that could use a quarterback upgrade. He would be a quarterback upgrade. That makes a ton of sense. I, I still think the 49ers want to figure out what they have in Trey Lance, but what prevents them from letting Derek Carr run the ship for a year while they figure that out? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things have changed since you know Tom Brady said that he's going to be retiring. Also, since Brock Purdy and the UCL injury. So now the, the, the trade and Trey Lance thing doesn't look likely now, because you need a quarterback healthy on the roster that's able to play, and at that point, uh, starting next season, Trey Lance will be healthy in doing so. I don't think you can put your trust in Brock Purdy coming off a UCL injury, especially if he needs Tommy John surgery to try to help repair that and get it fixed. You look at a guy in Derek Carr, though, in that system in San Francisco, I think it would fit. I, I, I honestly believe it, it, it will fit. Also in New England – where I have New England on my list as one of those teams that needs a quarterback. And I get it. You know, you got uh, Bill O'Brien. He's coming back now. He worked with uh, Mac Jones when he was at Alabama. He's been an offensive coordinator before. He's been a head coach in the National Football League. And But but seeing Derek Carr there makes more sense to me than rocking with Mac Jones. A hundred percent. Especially if you're in win-now mode for any of these teams where you feel like you have a lot of what you need to get better. You go get Derek Carr. Like, that yep. makes a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, well, what's that mean for Jimmy G? And again, like, Jimmy G is not a supermodel, but Jimmy G is like a Paducah 7, right? Like, you, you, you don't have a lot of options. Like, there's a difference between a New York 7 and a Paducah 7. And I know all 7. about Paducah because I went to Louisville I went to Louisville in Kentucky, and our backup quarterback was from Paducah and didn't know protections in a, in, a, in a Gator Bowl versus Virginia Tech and got the dog knocked out of him. And our coach was like, they're knocking your all the way back to Paducah. I mean, that it is. It made me laugh so hard. I love the fact that we have Paducah and you can't play country music and not know about Paducah, Kentucky, <laughs> right? Like, no offense, Paducah. Love you. Uh, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. I also love that I can just say no offense and suddenly I think there's no offense what taken. Do you, what do you think about the Saints, though? Now, I mean, the Saints actually make for Derek Carr. The Saints make a ton of sense for Derek Carr because of the relationship with Dennis Allen. And you're right. They do have stability in their ownership. They have a, a team that has competed for championships in the past. They have some significant talent on the off- offensive and defensive sides of the ball. 
Like they have talent. You know, it's just a matter of they don't have a quarterback. So Derek Carr actually makes a ton of sense there. So, you know, I could see a world where you've got, you know, Derek Carr going to New Orleans or New England and Jimmy G going to the opposite of either of yep. those. And all of a sudden, between the 49ers, New Orleans, and uh, New England, you're really taking care of this quarterback. Like th- there's nothing left for you. And so all of a sudden, if you're the Panthers, you know, if you're sitting around and you're, you know, you're the the Titans who you know, I, I was talking to the, our yep. buddies at 102.5 the, the game yesterday. and They were asking about Ryan Tannehill. Well, if you have any questions about Ryan Tannehill, you're keeping him right now because you know that like you may not love Ryan Tannehill, but you can also look at the rest of the Where market. Where else you going to go? Right? Like who else you going to bring in? Uh, that's it's a mystery. It's an unknown. It was a couple of years ago. We sat here on ESPN and said, it's going to be unprecedented change at the quarterback <laughs> position this year. Say it and again. <laughs> unprecedented change at the quarterback position. I love it. And we saw, like, I don't know, golf, golf and Stafford moved. And it was like, well, that's unprecedented change, I guess. This year, feels like it's going to be even worse because there just aren't options. And so teams need to start preparing themselves. Fans need to start preparing themselves because you know darn well that these teams got to be looking around and thinking – I'm not going to risk my job on not having a quarterback, but I'm also not going to risk my job on signing that guy. Like, you ain't going to get Baker Mayfield a save my job money, right? You're Gardner Minshew, if you are a coach hanging on for dear life, if you are an owner in the Colts sitting there saying, we will address the, the quarterback position, I promise you, you weren't promising people the mustache, man. Like, you were promising people more than that. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And, and if I'm on my last limb... I don't think I'm going to spend my last limb with Gardner Minshew. Uh, what That's is, uh, the last person I'm going to spend my last limb on. Herm said the other day, when you're coaching for your life, you take everything in, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if you're coaching. Listen, I, I had a head coach when I was in Atlanta. Butthole got as tight as I don't know what. <laughs> when, 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 you know, your job on the line and stuff like that, man. Oh, man. Couldn't he, couldn't, put, couldn't put put the top of a pin through that thing. Puckered up. Just got yeah. that. Just Butthole pu- got tight as I don't know what. Pu- pu- puckered up. And we sensed it as players and everything. Everybody around the organization sensed it. I, I can only imagine what it feels like when you walk in the door and you're like, guys, I'm, we're coaching for our lives. Everybody, we, we want to go. I want to be able to go home and feed little Timmy and little Laura and, and, and little Brody. Like, we got the whole family to feed. And you come home to dinner that night and you say, guys, I got bad news. We might as well start packing the boxes yeah, now. Come home Sam a, Darnold has got to save my job. Come like, home with a tight ass. <laughs> yeah. All of this raises a very real question as we break down the quarterbacks across the NFL. Uh, The real question is there's one quarterback we haven't mentioned, Lamar Jackson. And I'll tell you why all of these other quarterbacks and all these teams that need a quarterback could greatly impact what happens to Lamar Jackson. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Shout out to Devin Kane, doing great work back in Bristol. I asked him to get a superstition today. I just felt like hearing it. He did it. That's good work by Devin. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Sitting together in person in Seaport. You should check us out if you're not on social media, at Jason Fitz, at HDouglas83. Get a little video out there of the two of us hanging out together, looking proper. Evan standing next to uh, next to next to Harry. Next to Harry sitting down. Harry same, sitting. Same height. Said, you were a little taller. 
A little, little taller. All right. So uh, obviously we were just talking about how I, I, you know, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news on a Friday, but if your favorite team needs a quarterback, you're screwed. So like, there's just no nice way to put it at this point. You're probably not going to get Aaron Rodgers because he's going to stay in Green Bay. Derek Carr is going to end up either in New England, New Orleans, or San Francisco. That's what we figured out over the course of the show, which means there's going to be a bidding war for Jimmy G and somebody's going to pay like 30 million bucks to get Jimmy G. I know it sounds disgusting. It sounds weird, but it's going to happen. Oh, so now you say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it in the draft. Now, everybody knows you need the draft, so it becomes really interesting because I think, Harry, that the lack of available quarterbacks are going to mean you got two choices. Number one, mm-hmm. you can be over-aggressive, trade a king's ransom to move up into the top three because the top three quarterbacks, I believe, by the time it's all said and done, teams will trade for the first, second, and third picks to move ahead of Indianapolis, top three picks, all three quarterbacks. That's my or way too early draft prediction. So if you're not picking in the top three, you're not getting one of the top three guys. That means the only name left that we haven't addressed is one Lamar Jackson. Ooh, now, I was listening. Fellow Louisville alum, another one. Uh, see? I like how this early in the show, we, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater earlier. We co- Louisville what, what'd you call him? Teddy B. Oh, Teddy. Okay. It sounded like you said a different Don't word. Don't say Teddy B? <laughs> no, 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 no. Teddy B. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater, and now we're getting in a little Lamar. Lamar, and I was I was listening because I was you know riding into New York. I was listening to you on Get Up this morning, and it caught my ear because Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, said this about the latest with Lamar on Get Up this morning. If we're taking out the trade element, here's how I think this song and dance is going to go. They're going to franchise tag him. We're talking $45 million, but that gives them time to try to work out a long-term deal. But the gap in guaranteed money between what Jackson wants and what the team wants is huge. That's going to be really hard to get to, so we're looking at a one-year situation. Got no other answer. Why would you not just go overpay for Lamar? You talking about the Ravens? Uh, no, any other team that needs a quarterback. Oh, I know. That, well, I'm, first, let me touch on the Ravens for a second. By any means, I hope any, anybody don't think he's going to play on a franchise tag. I, I don't think he's going to play on a franchise tag. I think we just went through this season, and, and he learned some valuable lessons within himself of how to stand up in certain instances, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's it, no reason he should have been out there playing last year, got hurt. Now we're in the situation that, he, that, that he's in now. I'm not playing under a, fr- a franchise tag, nor does he have to sign it. That's what an- another thing people don't understand. Just because a team franchise tag tags you doesn't mean you have to sign that franchise tag. Now, as far as other teams, yeah, I'm going to try to get Lamar Jackson, and I'm trying to throw the book at him. If, I, if I'm Indy who's picking fourth right now, I'm going to offer that fourth pick and more compensation for Lamar Jackson on my football team. If I'm even Seattle, if I'm Seattle who has two first-round draft picks – they have the fifth uh, overall pick, and I think they have the 22nd as well. I'm offering those things for Lamar Jackson because one thing I've seen within Seattle, and it's not just this past season, it's in the past with Pete Carroll. They know how to draft and develop. And this past season was a, 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 a tale for all of us to remember that about Pete Carroll in the front office there in Seattle. If I am the Colts, if I am, frankly, even the Raiders, uh, Remembering, Houston traded Deshaun Watson and a 2024 six-round pick to the Browns. And in exchange, they got first-rounders in 22, 23, 24, a third-rounder in 22, and a fourth-rounder in 24. I'm going to take that exact same package. I'm going to add one more pick to it, like a seventh-round, sixth-round, anything that makes it just a little bit better. 
I'm going to walk to the Ravens and say, here's your just a little bit better than what was given up for Deshaun. And then when I acquire Lamar Jackson, I'm going to get the complete value of Lamar Jackson's contract, and I'm going to beat it by like a dollar. And I'm going to walk <laughs> into Lamar, and I'm going to be like, whatever Deshaun got, we'll add a dollar. Because uh, your other choice right now, it, it, you're going to either overpay. This is where like uh, context matters. When we in three, four, five years talk about this year's draft, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be talking about teams that gave up a king's ransom to move up. The question is, is it worth it? Well, now you got to ask yourself, man, am I going to pay if it's going to cost me a couple of first rounders to move up to get one of the top three quarterbacks, or I can so two first rounders, a proven player at that too. Yeah, or I can get a proven player for three first rounders. Uh, If I can get a former league MVP that's twenty six years old that has shown he can succeed in a pro style offense in college, by the way, that can be everything I need. That's also the 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 type of guy that can easily lead a franchise. I can put him on billboards. I can sell tickets right now. Don't have to worry about the off the field issues or anything like that because we. We do got to remind a lot of people that Lamar Jackson has done everything he's supposed to do while he's been in Baltimore. That's why it tr- it triggers me and it bothers me that he hasn't got the money that he's he deserves because he is the face of the franchise. The offense was tailored towards him. You don't have the off the field issues. He is the ultimate teammate. So why not you know compensate someone? Uh, who, who's valuable to you like that? In my eyes, you're basically saying, you know what? Uh, we don't know if we need you. I mean, when you don't, if you're the Indianapolis Colts and you call up the Chicago Bears and say, "I want the first pick in the draft," and they're like, "Great, we want this year's first from you, we want next year's first from you, and we want a second round pick." It's usually in about that range to move up. So that's what you're, you're asking for: three picks, including two first rounders. Now I call up Baltimore. Baltimore says, "Well." I want five picks and three first-rounders. That's not that much more to pay, and it gives me a proven entity. Like We have no idea. As much as I want to believe, and and because I am always pro-player, and I... To, to the end of the, the race, I will always say I want every single player to come out and prove us wrong in the draft. I want every single player to win. I want every single player to get paid. That's a perfect world. Well, you never right? know. Right. But you don't, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Young. You don't know what's going to happen with C.J. Stroud. You know what you got in Lamar. So if I'm a coach like Josh McDaniels that wants to go out and prove to the world I can still coach. And what does Mark Davis love? Uh, he loves superstars. Ooh. And all of a sudden, I can say, wait, I can put Lamar in with Hunter Renfro, Darren Wall. And Devonte Adams, like that's you're going to get some respect out of that offense. Some, sorry, sorry, sorry. Some respect. Don't you dare. So I, I put the. Don't tea you on dare it. put no ball. damn T on yeah, that. Like, I couldn't. Okay. I, I couldn't have been. I, I, I couldn't have gotten any more middle-aged white guy than I did right there. I'm going to put some respect on that name. But the same with the Colts. Like, if you are Jim Hersey and you stood up and you said, "Fans, I guarantee you, we are going to address the quarterback position." With the fourth best quarterback in this year's draft, because that might be what you're looking at. You got the choice between the third or fourth best quarterback in this year's draft, who could turn out to be Zach Wilson or Lamar Jackson, who's already Lamar Jackson. It's not even a decision. For for Indy, it's a little bit more dynamic, too, because you're going to get Jonathan Taylor back, who, who got injured late in the season last year. You're going to get him back, and we all know the phenomenal running back he is. Can you imagine Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson in the backfield together? Now, granted, their offensive line needs some tweaks and a little bit tuning up. Even their you know, all-pro player in the, in the past, Quentin Nelson, struggled this season. But I think when you have a new guy come in there, that can all be uh, you know, boxed up a little bit more and, and, and differently. But they're going to have to get better offensive line-wise as well. But I love the pairing of a Jonathan Taylor 
and Lamar Jackson in the backfield together. Yeah, me too. Ooh, I, ooh, I mean, that would be a powerful combination in a division where the Jags are getting better, but you could still look at it and say, man, a lot of winnable football games in that division. God only knows who's going to be coaching them. Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Today is 2-3-23. If you own a calendar, you already know that. 2-3-23. And all the shows on ESPN are talking about Michael Jordan because, frankly, it's 2-3-23. We are about to have a conversation about Michael that you will not hear anywhere else all day. I promise you that. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. Negotiations for Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12 a year early and join the SEC in 2024 have stalled, and a deal's not expected to get done, according to ESPN's Pete Thamel. The expectation? The schools play in the Big 12 in 2023 and 2024, then join the SEC in 2025. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has got no intention of extending the February 15th trigger date on his contract to give the team additional time to resolve his situation. Considering the Raiders owe him $40 million in guarantees on that date, it's incredible increasingly likely he'll be released by Vegas. Carr maintains he and his reps would still like to be authorized to speak to potential trade partners, but the Raiders haven't granted that permission yet. Carr also said he'll likely use the no-trade clause if he feels it's necessary. NHL All-Star Weekend starts tonight with the skills competition in Sunrise, Florida, 7 Eastern, ESPN-TV and ESPN+. I think we can agree in the history of sports, there'll be a lot of debate today about who's the GOAT. This theme music's the GOAT, right? Debate? There's no doggone debate. I mean, like the debate of all sports. Like, the GOAT of all sports. Like, okay, okay, okay. I mean, LeBron is certainly already better than Michael, so it doesn't really matter. I, just... I am not going to let you <laughs> get me out of character <laughs> on this video camera today, on this radio microphone. I'm not going to let you get me out of character today. I mean, MJ's top three. Like. <laughs> He's Harry Douglas. Spitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. And we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We can, we can laugh about this because all day, the most popular debate in all of sports is going to be raging. The GOAT. Is LeBron or is it Michael? These are all the questions. But we wanted to do it a little bit different. So instead of just sitting here talking about Michael Jordan, the basketball player, because my God, unless you've had your head buried in the sand for the last 20 years, I think you've heard everything there is to hear. It was great to see some of the old dunk and get up today. Loved reliving those moments. But when I think Michael Jordan at this point, I think Michael Jordan, the ad salesman, and Michael Jordan, the shoe guy. So we figure why not bring on somebody that knows Michael Jordan, the shoe, better than anybody. Nick DePaula joins us, uh, ESPN NBA feature writer. First time we've had Nick on the show. Nick, thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. So I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Like, I grew up broke ass. Like, not just, like, no, like, I grew up, one box of mac and cheese was the food for the day for the family. We didn't, we didn't have Jordans rolling around. And so I've, I've always, I'm part of the rare group. I've actually never spent a dollar of my own money on a pair of Jordans. I actually had a buddy of mine give me a pair a couple of years ago and was like, you just need to own a pair of Jordans. Here, you should have these. I've never spent a dollar. If I'm going to go out and buy one Jordan that's like one pair of Jordans that's really going to get me set, what is the pair I should buy on 2323? 
That is a great question. I think you got to get some some black and red Chicago colorway of a Jordan One. Okay, why that it's one? Easy to wear. It's easy to wear, and that's what that's what started it all, and that's the foundation of the brand. And, and the colorway initially was such a groundbreaking thing. Obviously, it's funny to think about now that a black and red shoe would be, you know, some some groundbreaking concept. But at that time in '85, it was, and it really set the trajectory for. You know, I think an incomparable shoe line, like you said. What 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 what's that going to set me back these days? Like uh, just you know, just a moderate nine and a half pair. What what what, what am I looking at? Like, uh, how long do I got to well, save? Re- I, th- I think the retail is one seventy or one eighty, and uh, you're going to most likely strike out on the launch date, and they'll probably be about four or five hundred after that. So <laughs> that part is a little tough, but. <laughs> You know, that's that's a must for sure. Now, now Nick, just wait a minute. Just wait a minute, Nick. <laughs> hey, yo, Nick. Hey, yo, Nick. Just wait a minute, Nick. How are you not going to mention the Jordan 11s? The Jordan 11s oh, are, my, are my favorite Jays. So I have a t- I have just about two how or three. How many pair of Jays does HD have? He's not going to answer I, this. I have a ton. I like, I, I, I had to have extra closet space in my home. Because of my Jordans that I have. And I have two or three pair of just about every pair except for the Ray Allen 11s that I have. Those are the only pair that I only have one pair of Jordans of. That's, that's Jordan 11s, baby. Come on, Nick! Can't go wrong with 1s, 3s, or 11s, especially if it's going to be your first pair. So, no argument there. What's the, what's the coveted pair for you? Like, if you were going out and you were like, man, there's one that, everybody, that, that I want to have. What's the one that you covet? I really like the Royal ones. Uh, the black and red 11s are, of course, one of the best. And then a shoe I've always liked is the Playoff 12s, the black and white. Uh, just a real clean shoe that's, that, to me, is, is one of the greats as well. What, what shoe did Jordan wear when he made the shot over Russell in the NBA Finals to win it? Do you remember? So the nickname for those is the last shot, which obviously fits, and they were the black and red 14s. Um, okay. But the cool thing about those was he actually was wearing them about eight months before they came out. So in that finals, he knew it was probably the last run with the Bulls and, and debuted them well ahead of the launch uh, in that finals. This is amazing. So, so walk me through this again, because obviously, uh, like, look, I, I've been very transparent with the world. I, I have a, a saved search on Amazon that just says obnoxious men's shoes, and when they're neon and they're cheap, I buy them. Like, I, I'm not a shoe head, right? <laughs> so walk me through what took the player and suddenly created the generational shoe, shoe line. Well, it was really the first time that an athlete and a designer worked hand-in-hand hand and developed more of a storytelling around the design. You know, when you look at shoes back in the day, you had the weapons that Magic and Larry wore, and they just made them into team colors. But there was no real story or, or backstory to the design. So when you think about a shoe like the Jordan 3 that has the elephant print and there's more texture and, and more richness to it, and then you start to get into, like, the Jordan 5 was actually designed and inspired by a fighter jet inspired by how Michael was dunking on everybody and the Air Jordan nickname. So each of the models, as you go down the line, kind of set the tone for, for how everything since then in the, in the signature shoe world was, was really elevated from a story standpoint. Uh, that Jordan 14 I mentioned was designed after a Ferrari that Michael had. Um, so there was a design element going on with all these shoes that just made them so sort of iconic um, and unique with the different materials, the different technologies. And then, of course, it didn't hurt that, you know, my greatest player of all time was wearing them and doing what he was doing on the court. You know what I think the most comfortable Jordans on the basketball court were? I, th- I think it was the 13s. The 13s may yeah. have been the most comfortable ones. Because whenever I used to hoop, uh, even now today, if I hoop with my nephews and stuff like that, I'm wearing the 13s because they're the most comfortable. 
Most people would say the 13s and the 14s for sure. I think the the more recent stuff like the 34s and 37s are great too, but you know, it's there's some there's something special when you're wearing one of those Bulls era Jordans and uh, the 13 in particular I think is definitely up there. We're talking to Nick DePaula, ESPN NBA feature writer on Fitz and Harry, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas. Uh, it's obviously 2-3-23, and we're having a little fun with it in the shoe style here. So in your mind, one of the things that we've talked about on the show, even jokingly, is that when you have the GOAT debate, you have to consider some of the marketability aspect. Like people aren't talking about – like people don't walk around talking about their shoes with other athletes the way they do with the Jordans. Is there, in your mind, an eventual sort of competitor to what Jordans mean specifically in society? I mean, LeBron is definitely in that stratosphere. I think Kobe is probably the closest, though, when you think about, you know, a shoe line that that was as innovative and as groundbreaking from a you know design standpoint and also just all the different colorways and themes that he had over the years. Um, you know, obviously, unfortunately, with, with Kobe passing, and then there was like a – a year-long hiatus with the contract break, but now the Kobe's are going to really start to be retroed again heavily this year. And I think you'll start to see that really build up as well. So that's the closest to me. There's a lot of LeBrons that, that people do really love, like the first ones and the sevens and the eights, but um, he still doesn't quite have the, you know, the length of iconic models that MJ had um, all throughout his career. Well, I, I will say this. I don't see people standing out outside in the cold and the rain you know, to get Jordan's shoes when it comes to these other guys. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't see it. So I, I, when it comes to shoes and Jordan, Jordan is going to be upper echelon always to me. I mean, I have Jordan socks on right now. Oh, my God. I have Jordan shorts. I have Jordan hoodies. <laughs> All of it is in my hotel room right now. Right, I'm right here in, North, in New York at Seaport. I just got to go across the way and grab my stuff. That's is, it. Is there, Nick, is there a pair you've, <laughs> you've missed out on in the lottery that you still like? You still sit there and say, my God, how did I miss out on that one? Oh, of course. I mean, I, I people think I have like a green toggle on my sneakers app that I could get every launch, and that's definitely not how it goes. I miss out on all of the launches just like everybody else. But, you know, when I was in college, we drove up from Oregon, from Eugene to Seattle, camped on the concrete for three days in, at Nike Town, and were trying to get the, the black and altitude green 13s and didn't get them. So we were like the last four people in line that didn't get the pair. So I got I got horror stories like, like a lot of people do of, you know, camp outs and, and then nowadays missing out on the apps as well. But um, to me, that just adds to the chase and the allure of the brand. I mean, how many launches can you have each year that people are just going crazy to try and get? And that's and such a such a frenzy around it still all these years later. My point exactly. Yeah. So you're telling me that I can't hit you up to help me uh, get in. That, that's what I really got out of this, Nick. That's what I, like, I'm just trying to get cool, Nick. I need all the help I can. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for giving us some expertise and in, some insight in a different way on a day that we spend uh, thinking about Michael Jordan and his legacy in the NBA on 2-3-23. Nick DiPaolo, we appreciate you hanging out with us, brother. Thanks a lot, and good luck on the nine five search on the apps. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, wow, that was that was. A, I think that was that a hit. He was telling me, "Good luck with your search on the app." He's like, "Good luck with your search on the app." Do not hit me up, son of a biscuit. I can't even have nice things. Tune in to NBA action tomorrow night. The Warriors host the Mavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at eight p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Okay, Michael Jordan made the number twenty three the most popular number in the NBA, but Harry were a different number when he played. You'll find out why in a crazy story. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. We couldn't be any more different than when we dance in the same room. Not sure the world is great. 
I'm not sure the world is ready for any of what they're seeing right now. <laughs> Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You guys can actually, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't even know how, we're together in Seaport. For anyone that doesn't know, usually a lot of times we do shows in two different places. But we are together in uh, New York. I'm just going to throw the phone number out. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Like, hit us with your best pair of Jordans story. Not your Jordan story. I don't want to hear your Michael Jordan story. I've heard enough about Michael Jordan, the basketball player, on 2323. If you have a great pair of Jordans story, I would love to hear that. Like, Or, or, or what you had to do to get them. Yeah, exactly. Did you like, have to knock somebody over the head with a baseball bat? Like, oh, we don't know because I, people do some crazy things for Jordans. We want to know your stories behind your Jordans that you have. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Just remember, be nice to Devin. He's answered the phones and doing a great job. Uh, 23 matters to your family. Your brother played in the NBA, for anyone that doesn't know. Tony Douglas uh, uh, played for the Knicks, We uh, amongst other teams, but notably for the Knicks. And uh, he wore 23, presumably because of... Michael Jordan. Okay. My brother has been wearing the number 23 since he was a kid uh, when he first started playing basketball. And he just loved everything about Michael Jordan, loved this game. And to the point to where he actually wanted to go to North Carolina. Wow. Surprisingly, North Carolina didn't recruit him like that. Wow. That, which is, which is it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and then his last year at Florida State, he, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, they beat, was it North Carolina? No, they beat North Carolina in the ACC tournament. And that's the year Ty Lawson won ACC Player of the Year, but definitely probably should have went to my brother. And I'm going to say it, and I'm going to stand on it. I, uh, because yes, you should. he played both ends of the floor. But my brother wore number 23 because of Michael Jordan. And my brother's a damn good player, man. He's over in Portugal right now. His name is Tony Douglas. Got drafted in the first round. Played right up here in New York with the Knicks. Played with Vince Carter in Memphis. And the reason why that's so significant, because this morning on Get Up, um, I had an opportunity to let Vince Carter know that uh, the reason why I wore number 15 growing up and playing basketball is because of him. And because of Vince. Because of Vince Carter. Wow. Because Vince Carter was a high riser. I was dunking in high school and, and yamming on folks and everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, just, I'm just Sometimes thinking. you got to put your gonads on somebody's head. You never know when you're dunking the basketball, baby. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just yamming. I, I'm just going to start saying I'm just yamming on people. Uh, th- what I really heard there is that Tony played in Memphis. Does he still have friends in Memphis with the Grizzlies? No. Like, can he help me get a pair of Jaws? Like, the, the new Jaws? <laughs> I told, no, no listen. No lie. I, to I told stuff. my brother, because I am a huge Vince Carter fan, right. to get me a signed Vince Carter jersey. Okay. He forgot to do that. Well, uh, there's got to be somebody here at ESPN that can get but, you but a But I got to give Vince. a shout out, though. I got to give a shout out to Vince because he said this morning that my, my brother, when he was in Memphis, they, they, they were partners in crime, man. All right, so we're going to work on getting you a Vince Carter signed jersey. Yeah, I know people that can do that. There's got to be somebody that can handle that. I asked for Jordan stories, and the lines are blowing up. I love this. John in Delaware, thanks for calling Fitz and Harry. We appreciate you. Give us what you got. What's your uh, what's your Jordan's story? All right, so uh, I'm not well-versed in the Jordans, um, <laughs> I'll admit. So I'm looking for a pair, and I go online, and... I see a drop, quote-unquote, someone footlocker. I see some all-white. I'm like, wow, I got in line. I, I, got, I got them. So when I finally get them, I get to the store to pick them up, and I realize they're not Jordans. They're Air Force Ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god! Oh my goodness! That is, that is oh John, that is a great. But like, I will say this though: the Air Force Ones was a thing back in the day, and you to the point to where you got your new pair of Air Force Ones, you couldn't even walk the correct way because you didn't want them to crease up in the front, and you was walking basically on your heels every time somebody got close to you. Hey man, back up before you step on my ones. Yeah, uh, th- that's a life of luxury. That's the white uh, ones. Yeah, you I had mean, the black ones. Yeah, it was a different ball game. The white ones. Hey, you ain't want nobody to touch on them, step on them, get near you, anything. I have absolutely no comment to any of that. Anthony <laughs> in Illinois, give us your story on Jordans, Anthony. What you got, man? Hey, I'm calling. Uh, my story is when I was a kid, we were broke as well. I uh, Our Jordans were the Shaq shoes at the Kmart or the Walmart. We went in. We would paint the shoes. That's how I got my first pair of Jordans. I painted them black and red. Man, I oh, wow. love the like absolute greatness of that story because you made something out of something that could have been less. And like I yep. genuinely look back at that. Like there were times that my parents tried with that stuff. They would try to get like knockoff brands, but neither of my parents are into like sports at all. So like asking them to get Jordans would have been like a, a, just a foreign language, right? The concept of getting shacks and then uh, actually like painting them that is that is a, a glorious glorious i love the innovation on that one <laughs> probably had a crooked jump man and everything no man uh, <laughs> yeah it's like it's, it doesn't look like it but it's, it's like a bigger version i actually have um i, I played this charity event years ago um, that Shaq was on the board for and so it was a, it was a bunch of bands that were playing and this was like 20 years ago right a bunch of bands playing this thing in I think it was San Diego and like Tim Brown was on the board and Shaq was on the board for this big uh, company right so when I showed up they found out that I was a big Raiders fan so Tim Brown had left a football sign that I still have to this day that you know from Tim Brown was so cool but Shaq gave all the acts that played a plaster cast of his rookie shoe mm. and like this thing is like it sits it literally is a doorstop in my house it's like 25 pounds of this massive plaster cast made of his rookie shoe and i'm always like what am i supposed to do with this but i also can't bring myself to get rid of it because every time i look at it i realize shoe was like that big too you know huge. what they say huge feet Huge socks. That's what they say. <laughs> All right, you guys can keep calling it triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I'm in love with these stories about Jordans. Remember, now it's not Michael Jordan. My foot stories. is small, by the I, way. Well, that's, but that's, don't you let it fool you. I, I, <laughs> we already heard about Tiny Package Douglas. All right, do the Raiders need to make a decision on Carr? And more of your calls coming up next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 